Today, we're going to do something a little different. But before we start, I'm going to pray real quick over this message. Lord, anoint this message. Help me speak it right, Lord. Help the congregation open their hearts today, Lord, so that they receive your word. Let your message flow through this place. In Jesus' name, y'all may take your seats. You're probably wondering why I left the microphone stand up here. It wasn't an accident today. It's because I, I was thinking about this message and it made me think of music and how people are like music. I'm going to try this. I'm not sure how good it's going to go, but I'm going to try it. Songs are kind of like our life, right? And the chords we play kind of paint the sound of the song we're singing for a certain day. And you got different chords that make up songs for all you music theorists. And depending on the chords you play is what produces the song that comes out of you for that time, day, season, Maybe it's the same song your whole life. You know, like some people, are, they sound like this. It's kind of, it's cool, but it's kind of, it's kind of down, yeah? So even when it's good times, hey, how's it going today? Well, Oh, what about today? Are you, are you happy? It's your, it's your birthday today. Uh, it's like the same, you know? And then and some people are like Nick. They're, they're more like... Everything's... Hey, what's up, guys? I'm sad. No, I'm really happy. This is the sound he makes. This is, this is Nick's song. He's, he's even killed. He's, he's in a good mood all the time. And then you got people who are assertive and they're, they're going after it. Not that Nick isn't, but, but they're more outspoken. You know? I'm going to get it today. I'm going to get life today. Hey, it's Christmas. Hey, it's, um, it's birthday. They're, they're just, everything, everything is... Yeah, everything. Hunting season. Everything. But see, the chords make up the song. So if you're if you're chording all power, power, go get them chords. Or if you're Well, that's what makes up like our personalities, right? And our moods and, and our seasons and our and our up and downs. And if you don't have any major chords in a song, it tends to sound a little sad. NBC. Y'all remember that? Maybe that's your song. See, if you don't have any major thirds in your, in your chord, you got a, you got a minor chord, and it's, it's sad all the time. And, and, and if you have too many minor chords in your... It, it becomes 
the focus, and it, it starts being your identity. And that's what, that's, let me put this down. I mean, it's, it's awkward. It's awkward. So come on, make me feel good. Just give me like a little pat, like a little bit. Okay, thanks. So, so yeah. So, um, hey, now I got a little extra clap for that. Thank you. I don't need this anymore. See, our, our, our chords that we make are kind of like our, our personalities. And some people are just full of minor chords. And some people are full of major chords. And some people are a mixture of both, if you're like me, where it depends on the, the time of day. But if we're not cognitive of what chords we're playing, we could be majoring on all the minor chords as our focus instead of letting the major chords be the focus of the melody we're trying to produce. You know what I'm saying? How often do you find yourself frustrated or distracted by a certain scene in your life that failing to notice the other elements around you that you may be in fact bring resolution to the thing you're continuing to dominate your attention in that minor chord? There's major stuff happening. There's good stuff. It's Christmas time. The, the Lamb of God is coming to the manger soon. But the traffic, ugh. I hate Christmas shopping. Ugh. See what I'm doing? Playing my chords, baby. But then you got, you got my wife who likes to put out the stuff, and she's like, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle I don't know. I'm, I'm making that up. But she's major, baby. It's, it's happy. We tend to major on minor details sometimes, allowing issues to take hold of our focus, our faith, and our motivation. And in the grand scheme of life, these things may be insignificant to the love and blessings God has already poured out all around you. Are you investing? Everybody say, investing. Are you investing so much time and focus on what the least of what's important, causing you to miss what's actually Important, the major, most valuable, most fulfilling. The passage today is an example of someone who knew how to make all negative situations be a positive perspective. What we would let take over our major chords, which were the minor notes, the negative, he was able to keep it in perspective and keep them relevant to the song he was playing in his life. The Apostle Paul, he did it better probably than, no, he did it better than everyone else in, in the scriptures. If we go to Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 25, Paul and Silas were roaming around and there was this possessed girl who was fortune telling for money. So she was possessed by a demon. And it's funny, the demons always know when the spirit of God is present. And just as Paul and Silas came about, the demon girl was hassling them. She was fortune-telling. She was a slave. And her slave owners were selling off her fortunes to make cash money. And they were in pagan area. They don't want those Jehovah, Jesus-loving Jews coming over here. So it says in verse 16, Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought our masters much profit by fortune telling this girl followed by paul and us and cried out saying these men are servants of the most high god 
who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now, if I pause right there, I don't know if you remember the story of Legion when Jesus was by Legion, the possessed man, and the demon said something similar. He said, why have you come to torture us, thou Jesus of Nazareth? We know who thou art. See, the, the demons know when the spirit is present, and they don't like it. They don't like it. Verse 18. And this she did for many days. She was following them. What, what are you guys doing? What you doing with that Jesus stuff? <laughs> she, was, she was spooky. She was, she was possessed. But Paul, greatly annoyed. I thought it was so cool. The Bible actually said he was annoyed. It's okay to be annoyed sometimes. It's how you handle it afterwards. Turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out in that very hour immediately. But when her masters, the slave owners, saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. They wanted to get them arrested because they just took away their business. And they told the authorities and they teach customs which are not lawful for us being Romans to receive or observe. We don't want to hear that Jesus stuff. Then the multitude rose up together against them, that threw them into prison. Excuse me. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Then they had laid many stripes on them. Then they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. In the, in the worst part of the prison is where he put them. That's a, that's, a, that's a moment to play some minor chords, right? I mean, it's okay sometimes. You know, just, just you know, ever heard people play the, play the violin? Oh, you want a little violin? You know, when somebody's, you know, down and up, you play that. It's a joke, you know? And, and so, so that would be a good time, but that's not what they did. Paul, at midnight, and Silas were praying and singing. To God. And the prisoners were listening. It's like a little concert. Prison. Now you think Paul would have let this setback become his identity and just be so in the pits over this situation. But he didn't. He kept it minor compared to his perspective, which was major. He was singing. And then they were listening. See, when you, when you spread the love of God, even when you don't want to, people are listening when you don't think they are. You think nothing's happening. But we're going to see something was happening. It was foolish what he was doing. He was in prison. Why, why would he sing? But they were listening. Something was happening. The title of my message is Majoring on Minors. You've heard the phrase, majoring on minors. We tend to put all the focus on the minor details, which take away all the good things that are happening in our, our life. And godly focus is built upon the mindset that gratefulness is even in the darkest season. Godly focus, like Paul, is built upon the mindset to stay grateful even in the darkest season, even when you're in prison. Stay grateful. Sing a song to the Lord. That's why, that's why when we're worshiping, I'm like, come on, come on, because, because it matters. Because if Paul just stood there, well, we're going to get to that verse. But he rejoiced. He rejoiced when no one else would. And he set the tone for what would happen to all of them later. He would do so much 
to these men. He ended up baptizing one later, all these things later, because he chose to not let it ruin his perspective in that moment. It's like Jenga. Anybody remember Jenga? Nobody knows Jenga? Come on, y'all guys, you guys with me today? Come on. Nick knows Jenga. Sean, you know Jenga? I can't tell if you're nodding your head or not. It's too, too bright up here. Okay, he's saying yes. He's saying yes. His hands aren't, aren't moving today. He likes Jenga. Two people know Jenga. Cheyenne know Jenga. Well, Jenga is like blocks, right? And if you build up your tower and then you pull out one little piece, what happens? It falls down. You've got this tower, but just one little thing, it falls down. That, that's a weak formula. And that's kind of like what we do. We, we take, we take, we're having a great day and everything's going good. And then all of a sudden, come on, someone cuts us off in traffic and pulls that little Jenga piece out and bam, life is ruined. I hate my life. I'm so depressed. I need medication. I need some Tylenol. Now my head hurts. All these things. Because my Jenga piece. It's up and down. It's the, it's the small things. It's the small thing that get under our skin. And they spoil the whole day because of what one little person did to us. We saturate the rest of us around us. That one little Jenga piece. We let the minor piece become the major of our day. One little block pulled from the Jenga. The walls come tumbling down. The walls That's when we want the walls to come down, by the way, in the song. But in this situation, we don't want the walls to come down. We're giving attention to the negative, which causes us to miss the blessings that are sitting right in front of us, perhaps. Paul had this focus, this godly focus, and that's why nothing would derail him when everyone else would have failed and given in. Even when it looked the worst, it's possible you're just focused on a minor setback. It's just a, it's just a little piece of the, of the Jenga. It's just one little chord in the song. It's just a little piece. And if God allowed it to happen to begin with, you don't have to let all the pieces fall. You can just Shake it off. We allow the devil to feed our minds, to distract us, to tell us that one little thing was enough to ruin it all and that you shouldn't be here and you shouldn't do that and you're not qualified and you're not good enough and you're not smart enough and you're not pretty enough and you're not this and you're not that and you want to stop everything now because of that one little minor setback. But godly focus is built on a mindset that stays grateful, non-emotional, and humble in the darkest seasons. And if we don't, we become a bitter spring. We become a bitter spring to those around us who are the sweetness that come to our life. I've done it. My kids. My kids are the sweetness to my life. And when I'm not having a good day, they become the scapegoat. And I don't like that. And I'm trying to fix that. But I've seen it happen. And what I'm slowly doing is I'm pushing the sweetness out of them because I got a problem. You see? My daughter, Chloe, I've, I've seen, I'm seeing it happen. And I'm, I'm, I'm starting to tell my wife, I'm conscious, I'm seeing this, is that I am pushing my frustration on her because she stays sweet when I'm frustrated. And I don't like that. So now that she's still sweet, I'm slowly pushing her to be like me. And I don't want that. I don't want her to pick up those habits, but because she's still sweet, I'm forcing her with my bitterness to conform to what I am subconsciously. I'm just now noticing it. I want her to stay sweet. I don't want her to be frustrated like I get 
in my old age or whatever. I don't want her to pick up those habits of letting every minor Jenga piece derail her motivation for her day and letting, letting the whole occasion go to waste because she had a little speed bump on the way there. The prisoners were listening. You see, they're listening. People are listening as the arms and feet. We are shining light when we want to or not. You guys getting this? You guys with me? Amen. Sometimes all I see is silhouettes, so I can't tell if those are people. Are those chairs? No, I'm just kidding. What song are you playing in your mind all day? Are you playing in a minor key? Are you playing in a major key? Maybe it's time to change your tune. Okay, we've heard the, the ballad. When do we get a happy song? We used to make jokes. Me and my brother used to make jokes. Because we'd go to church, and they just play sad song after sad song after sad song after sad song. It's like, when do we get a happy song? We get it. Let's get a happy song. We want to be happy too, right? Amen. Go, Jen. Amen, she's saying. It's time to change our tune. If we're playing the same melody over and over, letting our focus be on the minor details. We're majoring on the minors. The power of song can change your mood instantly. Everybody knows, like, you remember that song on the radio, and it takes you back to when whatever, and, like, I, I remember the song me and my wife danced to on our wedding. I remember, um, I remember the music. We talked about this, the switch foot, when I met my wife in the car. Like, music is a language, and it, it, can, it can change your mood instantly and take you back to a scenario from 20 years ago. Remember when, when that person made you mad, and then you happen to hear that song, and now that song makes you mad when you hear it still? It still bugs you because of what they did 20 years ago? It's time to change the song. Change your tune. It'll affect your mood. How can I worship God when I'm feeding my mind the notes of the enemy? How can I worship when I when I when in my mind I'm playing? I got the record player playing the the devil. I'm not talking about like genres of music. I'm talking, you know, figuratively here. I'm letting that play. I can't. It's a, it's counterproductive. Get out of here, devil. The ability to focus on Jesus when he attacks is how we cast him out. You got to cast him out. You got to do it. It's uncomfortable to sing in a major key in a minor atmosphere. Oh, let me tell you, I've been there, but you do it anyway. And you keep doing it. I'm going to keep singing in this prison. I don't care that they're all, they're all criminals and they all want to kill me and they all think I'm crazy because I love the Lord and they're pagan or whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't care. I'm going to sing and shine his light. And that's what he did because he had godly focus. He didn't let the minor details be the majority of his life. Your tune may be what's been limiting you all this time. You're looking for growth. You're asking God for supply, but you're still playing the same song. Change the tune. Change the station. We like to, when we go to the lake, it's about two and a half hours. We go to the lake in the summertime, and we turn on worship music. And it's so cool because my kids will start worshiping to the song. And now it's like nobody even thinks about it. But when they were really little, it was like the first couple of times we've seen them do it, it was like, wow, look, look, they're reacting 
to the song that's being played. They're absorbing what's happening. The prisoners are listening. The kids are listening to what's happening. It, I thought it didn't matter that I was playing that music. I thought it didn't matter until my, my two-year-old was, was mouthing a song and she couldn't even talk yet and she's waving her hands and we didn't even know and we caught it on video and we just were so touched that this child was receiving something we didn't even know we were planting. But we were playing and singing praise around them. And they started receiving. That's what it's about. That's what it's about as a Christian. It's, it's, it's about coming to church to get the word in you, and then you go give the word out. If you're not giving the word out, you're keeping it all to yourself. You're missing out on the real glory of God manifesting in your life because when you learn to give it, that's when you're going to really see the change. That's when the song's going to change. If you want the song to change, go give it. Go give away what you've been given. Watch the song change, man. It will change. Happy major chords. No more minor dissonant uh, chords that, that are, you know, dissonant and eerie. You know, none of that, none of that freaky music stuff. We want, we want happy major chords because we serve the Lord. Bye. Van Halen, Jesus says. I'm just kidding. Eddie Van Halen, Steve Ray Vaughan. Those are my guys. Yeah, in the car, we play that music, and you see those little children worshiping, and you don't think nothing's happening. All of a sudden, they're worshiping God because you created a channel, literally, that turned up the music. If I speak it, things will change. Speaking is an action. If you don't speak, if you don't engage, if you don't participate in God's supply for you, nothing's going to happen. You're, you're preventing growth. Paul lets it out. He lets it out. He don't care where he's at. He don't care if he's going to get his head cut off. He will do it till he dies. He lets it out. I want to change my situation. Maybe I should sing a new song to go in a new direction. My song is only as good as my mindset behind it. And where it's pure... There is power. If my song I'm playing is not pure, I don't know if you're all going to get this. Let me make sure I say it right. I can look the part. What's my intention? I can look good. I can look holy. I can look all those things. But what song am I really playing in my mind? What's my intention? Jesus knows, and only when it's pure is there power. Remember Simon the sorcerer? He looked the part. But he failed to accomplish what the apostles were doing because he didn't have the real spirit of God because he was a phony. God wants it to be pure. Go in pure. Don't play a game with God. Go in pure. We get caught up in the little things. We get caught up in the minor pieces that make up our major life, when we've got all these things like our children, we've got health, we've got all these great things that are major joyful points in our life. But we treat them as minor, so we flip, we flip it. We get caught up in the, the little thing when all the big things, which have the value that should get over our attention, we kind of take for granted. Like life. Well, I'll be here tomorrow. I hope. That's what I thought until I flipped that truck. Started thinking through a little bit. Get your attention. That was nothing compared to what 
people go through. That was nothing. But that was a lot for me in my, you know, in my life. That's, that's, that was serious to me. And the devil would love nothing more than to stop you in your walk. He don't have to crush you. He don't have to send you down to the pits. He just has to stop you from singing to the Lord. He just has to stop you from rejoicing in the prison. If he can stop you, he wins. He knew, just like those demons knew, that when they sang, those prisoners were going to get that word in them. He knew that. He knew. He don't want you to get caught up in Jesus. He wants you to get caught up in what they did. My son Caleb, the other night, you guys ever seen the Advent calendars, Christmas time? They're like the kid calendars, and each day they get, to me it looks like Hanukkah, but we don't do Hanukkah, but they get like a gift every year. Isn't that what Hanukkah is? I don't know. Anyway, that was supposed to be a joke. It's not, not funny always. I'm working on it. I'm not really a stand-up. I'm a preacher, but I try to be funny sometimes, Cheyenne, you know? <laughs> so these Advent calendars, it's like a box, and every day till Jesus comes, Christmas morning, they pull out like a little toy. It's junk. It's just like dollar store junky toys. But the kids think it's so cool, you know? And so my wife, she's just, you know, she does stockings and she does advent calendars. And it's just like, I can't even keep track of all the little things they do that I'm just like, what? Wake me when it's over. I can't keep track. And so, so Caleb gets this little game thing. I don't even know what it was. It was like some pieces of plastic, a little, like, like a McDonald's toy type thing. I mean, just, just cheap, cheap, cheap little bitty thing. Some little bitty orange ball okay, was in this thing. And that day was the day his mommy took our oldest to some play or something, and it was me and the three younger, and it was like we're batching it. And so we did some laser tag. What else did we do? We did some roughhousing. They started just wrestling out of nowhere, getting violent with each other. You know, that's what boys do when no one's around. And, and we went in the basement, and we played like soccer, and then now we're getting into basketball, but we don't have a hoop, so we put the, we put the, the, the plastic bin in the middle of the floor, and we just shot the bouncy ball into that, and we played horse. You guys remember the game horse or pig? If you're in a hurry, you play pig instead of horse. And we did all that, and we were just having the greatest time, and then we get up, and we got upstairs, and we're cooling off, and he's sweating and everything. And then honestly, he goes, he goes my orange ball's missing. I said, what? My, my little, my game. He starts having a meltdown. I said, what, what are you talking about? I got it out of the, cal- where'd you get it? Out of the calendar. I said, I'm thinking, who cares? This is junk, who cares? My little, my little orange ball. All of a sudden, the kid had the biggest ailing headache out of nowhere. And he was, he was, he was crying and he was on, he was like, had a headache and he was now, he was now like like feeble. He was no longer able to walk right. He had just been pounding his brother in on the couch with cushions. And now all of a sudden he couldn't do anything because he lost his little bitty orange ball. You know what I mean? Like this this big, we just had a good time. We were blasting each other with laser tag, kicking the ball, eating junk food. We're doing it all. And all of a sudden, just this little bitty thing, he let it take over his world. And I said, but, but it's, it's here. We'll find it. Well, the next day it showed up on the step, and he was magically healed. He was on the step. He was healed. He was, he was the happy, blissful boy he was right before he lost the ball. But see, he, he's only seven, so it's, it's understandable. But we're, we do that as adults. Lose a little orange ball, and our life is wrecked. Is that what it's about? The ball show up tomorrow. Maybe you weren't supposed to have that ball. Maybe you weren't supposed to have that little ball. 
That's not the ball God wanted you to have. Is it worth throwing your life in the tank? Is it worth hitting the bottle over? Is it worth popping the, popping the, popping the, the medicine and, and numbing the pain over this little ball? But you say Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He's the creator of the heavens and earth, but I can't handle losing this little ball. Paul says, I'm going to sing. He didn't say, I lost my ball. I'm out of here. Just throw me in jail. Cut my head off. He said, I'm going to sing because I know who my God is. He knew how to keep his priorities straight and in perspective that the minor details would stay minor and not let them become the major of his life. We get caught up in that. Instead of getting caught up in the insignificant, Jesus wants to get us caught up in him. The walls of life have you prisoner. Just because you walk out your door every morning, go to your job, doesn't mean you're not in prison. Maybe you're holding the key in your pocket. You got to pull the key out, turn it, unlock the door if you want out of the prison. Will you be trapped or will you be free? Is he greater than your situation? Come on, how many believe Jesus is greater than any lost little orange ball. If anybody believes, just give me a sign of a hand. You don't have to shout. I know there's not that many people in here, and I'll shout for you. I'll shout for you because if you believe Jesus is greater, I know he's greater, and I'm willing to point and let him know he is greater. I know he's greater than my orange ball, my Jenga piece. Amen. Is Jesus king in all your seasons or just some of them? Is he king of your life? Is he, is he, I heard a, a friend of mine, he's a pastor, he said, he said, yeah, there's, there's people who know the Lord, but they don't serve the Lord. So they've had this revelation of Jesus in their life, but they're not following, serving. He's not Lord of their life is how he said it. And, and I get it. I just never thought of it. To me, it's one thing. So I, I, I had to slow myself and think back. If I knew nothing, how would I look at that? And it made sense. I thought, you know, you can, you can learn that Jesus loves you and you can, you can receive his word and, and know that there's a God who cares for you, but he's still not Lord of your life until you follow him. Is he king in all seasons? Kelly, we got a hot connection up here. Sorry, guys, technical. Godly focus is built upon a mindset that stays grateful in the darkest seasons. If God can get your praise when you're cornered in a prison, you can be free. Paul sang when most would just give up. Paul praised when most would say, where is God? Well, let's see what he did in 26. It said, suddenly, everybody say, suddenly, there was an earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were broken. Everyone was loose because of his singing. God opened a deliverance to the prison. Come on. Come on. How many are glad God responded? Come on. God responded to Paul and touched the people in the process. He, went, he ended up baptizing an entire family later, those, some of those prisoners, and later in Acts. And our actions matter. Their praise caused that move of God. If Paul hadn't praised, they'd still be there. God is faithful to his children. Can you all stand with me? I know it's almost Christmas, and People are doing holiday stuff and all that. We're almost at the end of the year. It's a busy time. 
but we come here to keep focus, not major on minor situations. Will you sing a new song when the world says there is no hope? You came in thinking about what they did to you in traffic today. It distracted you for the first 15 minutes at church because what they did, they pulled your Jenga piece and it took you 15 minutes before you warmed up to the word of the Lord because your heart was distracted by that Jenga piece. I see it, guys. I stand up here and look at you guys. I see it. I know when it happens. And I get it. I'm the same way. But it's, it's, you can see it in people. And it takes, it takes some time for the heart to warm up because they're so distracted by that thing. That's what the devil wants. Throw it out the door. You came thinking, man, I need more. They hurt you with those words. They hurt you. Just let them go. Let's do this. Let's everybody bow your head, raise one hand with me, and repeat after me. Say, I will not let the minor chords of this life change the destiny of my future. I will not let the minor chords of this life change God's destiny for my future. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in your mighty name, the only name given among men in which we can be saved. We come giving it all, Lord, for you are the fullness of everything you are, Lord. You are the essence. You are the creator. You are the redeemer. You are the regenerator, the comforter. You are it, Lord. You are the fullness of the Godhead, Lord. You are the Christ. And as we celebrate you this coming season of your birth, we know it's a, it's a celebration, but that you're actually here with us right now. And we are thankful, Jesus. We are to focus on you, God. We are to let our song play your notes, Jesus. We give it all to you, God. Help us endorse our praise to you. Help us open up to you because until we open up, the floodgates can't come pouring out until we let you in, God. We pray you're on us this week. Help us not be distracted by all the holiday uh, material things, all the shopping, and they ran out of this gift, and Amazon's late on my delivery, and all these things. Help us remember that it's about you, Jesus, and we give you glory and praise this Christmas season. And if everybody could say in Jesus' name, amen.